0: Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People.
1: So, welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson.
0: And me, Tracy Roberts.
1: Good morning, Tracy. Afternoon, is it?
0: <laughs> Just. <laughs>
1: Good day. How many
0: coffees have you had? Uh, This is my second. Okay, so that's (laughs) a good excuse. So I'm going to
1: get more wired as the podcast goes on, which will be amazing. So uh, let's just say good day because we don't actually know what time it is.
0: Good day to you all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good day from Planet T2. Um, Okay, so we've been working quite a bit on a concept around leadership. I call it the chasm of supportive, assertive leadership. You've been talking about dialing up daring leadership, and we've we've sort of created a model and arrived at
0: yeah.
1: making sense of this now. We've previously done a podcast on the chasm of supportive, assertive leadership. So if you haven't listened to that one, try and check that one yeah. first and get the definition of it. But this uh, podcast, we're going to dive into it a little bit more.
0: Yeah, literally into the chasm.
1: Into the chasm and have a good chat about it, because in all of the projects we work on all of the organizations we are exposed to when we look at high performance versus underperformance Mm
2: -hmm. we can
1: absolutely look at where the most optimal forms of leadership are and we've concluded that it's not an exact science no we know that and you can be any type of leader you can be more empathetic and supportive and people focused you can be more driven and task and Mm -hmm. goal focused um but for all high-performing environments, I think it's safe to say, Tracy, that those who drive it and who sustain, a, sustain it over a period of time, they balance both being supportive and assertive as a leader in equal measure at the right times. Yeah, And that's the chasm, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's just knowing when to deploy what and yeah, keeping it in balance.
1: And I know you might be sat there thinking, well, supportive, assertive is a very simplistic way. There's loads of different leadership Mm. styles and there's loads of different leadership models and methodologies and personalities. And yes, there is. But if you really think about it, you can summarize all of those different styles, qualities and models into two types of leadership. You will either be more assertive as a leader, which is I'm um, I'm going to drive commitment from the people around me. I'm going to make sure that there's accountability. Yeah. I'm going to set some expectations and yeah. I'm going to ensure that the results are achieved. Yeah. That's what we mean by assertive. Yeah. That, that requires goal
0: focus. Yeah,
1: that requires yeah. naturally a little bit more focus on the outcomes of what we're here to achieve. Yeah. Supportive leadership would be underpinned by lots of different styles like compassionate yeah. leadership, empathetic engagement, yeah, development, support. You know, Mm -hmm. all of the things where you put the human first and you're Mm -hmm. saying to someone, you know, I've got your back, I'm going to support you when we're in this together. And I guess if we just quickly define the two in terms of the challenge, if you are more assertive than supportive, if you're focused more on the outcomes and achievements and results, then you are going to drive results Mm. and accountability, but potentially at the cost of your people.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And if you're more supportive brilliant wonderful human being everybody loves you <laughs> but you might lose a little bit of that accountability urgency commitment yeah respect whatever it might be your mm-hmm. ability to get stuff done if you're overly on the supportive side
0: or be taken advantage of
1: or be taken advantage of it's a really mm-hmm. yeah probably a really common one yeah um so the chasm is in the middle between the two where leaders and this is the first thing we're going to say to you, Leaders firstly recognize what their default position is. Yes. Are they more likely to be a supportive leader because of their traits, motivators, personality style? Or are you more likely to be on the assertive side as a default position? Yeah. Because then and only then can you uh, understand what your step into the chasm, what the direction Mm -hmm. is for you, whether you have to dial it up from supportive or dial it down from assertive. Yeah. So first question, where do you think you sit as a default position?
0: I'd like to think I'm in the chasm, but I think if I had to lean more into just what I've done over the years, I I guess maybe there'd probably be, well, I guess by by default of my print on both, that's a good answer, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Because my eight's an assertive and my two is over the other side but I think I usually go people first. So I would probably be more in support. But I'd like to think I do get the balance most of the time.
1: Yes, I think you do a great job, which is probably why you're in the position here at T2. You do a great job of finding the chasm. I think there is that healthy uh, balance between being supportive of people and not being taken advantage of and actually making sure people do what you need yeah. them to do and hold people to account. And I definitely think that that's, that's you. But in your default position, I think you're naturally more wide on the supportive side. Yeah, definitely. Like for it's example, if you, if you could get something done in a preferred way, then with and through people, with collaboration, support and empathy yes, is your 100%. preferred way.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't do it by any means necessary. I'm not that type of person, I think. Or I could do that but I wouldn't feel authentic and I would lose sleep over it. I could make the decision if I had to.
1: But you'd dwell on it afterwards. I'd
0: dwell on it afterwards. I had to do several things in my career that I haven't enjoyed and go towards that assertive side. But it depends on, I guess it depends on the nature of the subject as well, doesn't it? Does. it? And, yeah.
1: But I think you would always try as a, as a, as a first call to solve it amiably with people. Collaboratively with people fairly, yeah,
0: definitely. And then, if
1: not, you'll step across into the chasm and be a bit more assertive and make sure that we, yeah, yeah. Whereas, I think for me,
0: yeah,
1: and I, I, you know, I have no problem in saying this because I don't think it's a bad thing. I 100%, as a default position, sit on the assertive side, and that's Mm. not assertive, not saying I'm a dictator controller and I'm going to bully people into submission, but my default position naturally is to create urgency to create a clear goal and outcome to wrap a load of accountability around that yeah and to make sure that we are progressing every second and every day towards that endeavor yeah and then what my for me to get into the chasm I've got to think about making sure people are happy fulfilled you know and supported along the way yeah and do you know what? After doing it for a period of time, it starts to become a little bit, me finding the chasm now becomes much more natural than yeah. it used to be Yeah. because you see the rewards of doing that and then you repeat the behavior just as you see the rewards of being a bit more assertive and you repeat the behavior. Yeah. But if you're listening to this, the first thing I think you've got to think about as a leader is through your psychometrics or whatever you've done in the past, your mm. self-awareness, which side of the chasm do you naturally sit on? Are you more supportive, which is compassion, empathy, engagement, development and support, people first? Or are you more task first, which is assertive, commitment, accountability, expectations, results? And there's no right or wrong. It's just the way you Mm. operate.
0: I think you can change change as well, because I'm just reflecting now, actually, just back in my career a little bit, and I can definitely remember being more assertive, but not feeling comfortable with it. So if i go back to my early career in leadership when I first left the forces, I think I carried some of that leadership style over a little bit and kind of went more directive and sort of like just didn't bark orders, so to speak, but kind of went, right, let's just get this done. And I was very task focused. I think my sort of other side of things came naturally through as I went through my leadership journey and I realised it sort of started to unfurl a little bit that actually you can get it done by being a little bit more empathetic but my natural default setting way back at the beginning because of what i'd experienced in the forces was tell people what to do give them clear instructions and you know set your mind to the task almost so i think i can reflect back now and say 15 20 years ago it would have been different now i swung the other way (laughs) and actually have have been taken advantage of a few times so now that's why I, I know what it's like to be in both sides. So I think that's maybe what helps me understand that chasm a bit more.
1: You, you raise a really good point because if you're listening to this, we're not saying that you just sit on one side and you have to die. So if you just sit on a set like me, you don't have to. I don't just always sit on a set of and have to dial it into the yeah. chasm. You don't always sit on supportive and have no. to dial it up to the chasm. We can both sit on either side, given an environment, a situation on and the people yeah. involved. So... There's times in my life, as assertive as I am, where I've been overly supportive. Yeah. And actually, I look at myself and I think, and I reflect on it and go, I was far too tolerant of that situation for too long because it was that person. And it was Mm -hmm. because of these circumstances and I should have acted. Yeah. And there's times where you've probably gone, I jumped in with two feet there and I was far too assertive too quick. So Mm -hmm. any of us can be more, supportive or overly assertive yeah. in the time, mm. you'll generally have a bit of a, a default position Definitely. and a bit of a pattern. Mine usually is, I am more assertive than supportive. So to reach the chasm, I've yeah. got to think about the supportive elements of leadership. However, there's been times, only a few, where I've been far too tolerant and supportive, and I haven't dealt with a situation like I usually would have
0: yeah, but that. you reflect on that and you you learn from that and you've openly shared that, haven't you? You mm. said, you know, I, I would have done that differently, same as I would almost the opposite way around say, would I have what to work for me? <laughs> In those first two years when I left the forces? I got the job done and other people who thought like me enjoyed working with me because they got the job done, same as me. But there will have been other people who could probably reflect on that and go you know, she's a bit of a ball buster, to be quite honest, yeah. <laughs> just getting the job done. And yeah. and it wasn't because I wasn't empathetic. It's because it was why, how I'd been managed. So yeah. I've just carried that on. had I, to find my own way.
1: I think what's a really interesting question, if you're listening to this, is um, we call it best self and shadow. So the yeah. psychometric we use is if your natural the way you see the world your motivations if everything's been met naturally by the environment the people around you you will be the best version of you mm. and when we're in best self we are very much better equipped to deal with challenges and problems yeah. let's say but the biggest question to ask yourself is when you're in your shadow which means you feel challenged compromised mm. uh, angry frustrated whatever it might be yeah you will default to one of these sides of the chasm. You yeah. will default as a leader to assertive in your shadow. So I do. My default to wrestle back control is to start barking orders, <laughs> being irritated, and telling people just to get things yes. done. Yeah. I think, um, when you're in shadow, what's interesting about you, I think when you're in shadow, I can think of cases where you go both that. you well, I can think of cases where you've been in both directions. Yeah. Where you'll either speak your mind and be assertive, or you'll go into a period of within yourself and go incredibly quiet. Reflective yeah. and quiet. Yeah. I think you do that more, more than so. the other. Yeah. yeah. I think you I think you retract and go reflective more than I've you. I've learned to
0: do that more. Yeah. Um, because that's a better way for me personally of trying to get back in the chasm quickly. Um, because it allows me time to reflect on. Have I been a nobbed? Did I read that wrong? All those yeah. things. Whereas before, I probably would have jumped in and stated my case very quickly, and then later on thought, mm, actually, I could have saw it from the other side. So I think it's actually a way of me balancing myself out.
1: Yeah. Just on that, I reckon if you ever have to ask have to ask yourself the question, "Have I been a nobbed?" The answer is probably yes. yes. Exactly. Even Which
0: if- is why I do it. <laughs> so if I take myself off or I'm a bit quiet, I am being. You know, introspective, and actually, usually the best bit comes out of that rather than me losing it or saying the wrong thing. So I've just found over the years that's better for me.
1: Yeah, you you retract to um, the supportive side and, and and retract a little bit, and I re, I go back go back over to the assertive side, and it's not always productive. So where you go in your shadow mm. is an indicator to which side of the chasm you probably naturally sit on in in mm. leadership. Yeah. Um. But what we're saying here is the principle of the most optimal place to be at any point in time is the chasm, yeah, which is you are absolutely supportive of your people. You're, you're signaling, you know, you have my support. We're in this together. However, we have a job to do. Must
0: That's the chasm. Yeah. Whereas
1: when you're on the assertive side, you're basically saying we have a job to do. Yeah. When you're on the supportive side, you say you have my support.
0: Yeah.
1: In, in, in either direction... That's not optimal. What we've got to do is find that chasm where you go, you have my support. We're in this together, but there's a job to do.
0: Here's the plan. Yeah. That's
1: the sweet spot. So leading in the chasm is is key and knowing whether you've got to dial it down from being Mm. overly assertive or you've got to dial it up from being too passive and supportive, Yeah, that is the key, isn't it?
0: And it's communication and, and language and yeah, actions, behaviors, and all those things that kind of give people the indication as to where we are.
1: Let me, let me ask you a question and put you on the spot. Which do you think is the hardest? Dialing up from supportive to the chasm or dialing it down from assertive?
0: Oh, that is hard. Or are they equally
1: difficult in just different ways?
0: Because obviously I'm built to be basically both sides, I suppose, if you look at my psychometrics. I would say for most people, if they're self-aware, it's probably harder to dial up from supportive because it's the... Whereas you can always... Come back a few scales from being assertive and still be assertive, if that makes sense. That's what I would say.
1: I think I agree, I, yeah. and I think they're both difficult for different reasons. Because believe me, when my chimp is out, right, and I'm overly assertive and I'm overly <laughs> assertive, and the emotion is high, yeah. and the cortisol is being released, and my irritation and frustration kicks in. Suppressing that emotion is difficult.
0: Yeah, you've yeah. got
1: to have an outlet, or you've got to be able to somehow you know just open the pressure cooker a little bit and just let off some steam um there's very very easy coping mechanisms to do that of course. find your safe space go to a separate room yeah. don't Have do a word. it <laughs> yeah and just find that that release but i think for people who genuinely avoid conflict yeah. and they feel incredibly uncomfortable in having really tough conversations mm. plucking up the courage to be able to do that effectively must be more difficult.
0: And authentically, because if it's completely not you, then you're, you know, one, you'll be anxious for acting that way anyway because it doesn't feel natural, but then you'll also be extra anxious because you know that other people are looking at you thinking that isn't natural to that person. Um, And that puts that extra pressure on you to sort of almost justify your actions a little bit, Mm. why you're, you know... So I think authenticity is a big bit, isn't it? Because if you feel that people... Perceive you in that moment as hugely different as a human, then that's going to put that extra pressure on you, I think. Whereas, obviously, when you're full chimp out, like you say, there's things you can put in place, or I don't know, you can still be assertive, but there's like it's almost like this sliding scale almost of this is still assertive, but a bit quieter, Mm. (laughs) you know. So it's getting that balance, isn't it? When it
1: comes to high performance and high performing teams, the reason we're talking about this is because when we look at high-performance environments here at T2, whether it's in elite sports, public sector, or in the corporate world, we we see the chasm being so important because where organizations place equal amounts of importance on people and performance as mm. in results, yeah, that's where the magic happens. Mm. And I think, but if we just look at the lesser of the two evils, people who are organizations and teams who are overly assertive, they might drive disengagement from their people and they mm. might not cater for feelings and emotions as much, mm. but they're still going to drive accountability, accountability, urgency and outcome. Yes, it yeah. will be at a cost yes, long term. Yes, it'll be at a cost long term and you'll probably experience churn of staff and burnout, yeah. out and all the rest of it, but you're still driving performance. Yeah. People who are overly on the supportive side your people might love you. Your teams might feel safe and calm and relaxed. But in the absence of results and outcomes, that's a bigger problem. And oh, it's a big problem. And I, and I think what I would say to people listening to this is, what's I- ironic about that is if you've got the supportive side nailed and you've got your people behind mm-hmm. you and you've got a good environment, yeah. you know, you've know, you got a golden opportunity, a, a platform from which to build from, but you've mm-hmm. got to be daring this is you what do. you're talking about. At times, you've got to dial up your leadership to step mm. into the chasm and yeah. say, this is all well and good and it feels fantastic, guys, mm. but we're not really re- delivering what we need to deliver upon right now. So we need to crank up the urgency yeah, here. Yeah, I
0: need a little bit more.
1: I need some more.
0: And if you've got good psychological safety and rapport, then people just go, what do you need? They don't question it, do they? So actually, if you've got that balance right, then dipping into the assertive doesn't feel doesn't feel as, as so let big a me, deal. So let
1: me ask this then. Yes, you're correct. And, and in a lot of cases that will happen. What happens though, when certain team members perceive that supportive nature of the leader mm. as a weakness mm. and yeah. then you jump into the chasm as a leader and you ask for accountability yeah. and you don't get it because they think, what are you going to do?
0: And you know what, I think I've had numerous conversations about this with organisations because some of it's policies, procedures, things they've put in place because they've been too supportive. And some of it is, we've got to say, procedures and policies that we have to follow rather than just the leader being overly supportive. It does put a few barriers in the way, doesn't it? Because it's not just a hearts and minds thing then, it goes beyond that because people almost look at those policies and procedures to fall back on and what can you do about it? You know, you've got to give me that support. We've got to say it, that does happen. Whereas at the other end of the scale, it's sometimes harder work to pull it back because you're having to rely on KPIs outputs and all those other things. So Yeah,
1: there's there's definitely that. And I think there's one big thing for me where if I coach a leader and they're overly on the supportive yeah. side and they want to get in the chasm more and they wanna start you know, driving some expectation and accountability, and they feel like there's certain team members who are not taking them seriously or whatever Mm. it might be. The first question I ask them is, what's the consequence of them not doing this? And secondarily, has there ever been any consequence to them not doing this? Mm. And what they do is they sort of slump in the chair because they quickly realise that these people have never, ever had any consequence to to that accountability piece Mm. in the chasm. So you wonder why you try and achieve it, and you pick up the courage to step in and have the mm-hmm. tough conversation, and it falls on deaf ears, or the, it never happens, because in the absence of consequence, there the is no changes. reason for them to come no. with you.
0: No. So the really first thing point. I
1: would say to anyone listening to this, if you're struggling, pluck in the courage to get into the chasm and start having tough conversations and being more assertive around the accountability and the results piece and the expectations is only part of it. Mm. You have to be willing to follow through with consequence if if there's no change.
0: Yeah. And it can it can be different in, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking public, private, all those public things.
1: Public sector have a classic challenge with this.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I am just what thinking... what consequence
1: can there be sometimes in the public yeah, sector? So they're you can't hire supportive. and fire, right? Yeah. You know, and they know that sometimes.
0: Yeah. And actually, it's quite interesting. because you think about that from just the chasm's perspective, we've got quite a lot of directive style going on in terms of how we do things, but we've got a supportive mechanism for how we manage our people. So there should be a way of having that chasm situation. But as you say, we can't always do too much because we're too supportive. Whereas in other businesses, more commercial businesses, we are maybe too cutthroat sometimes. And it is all around KPIs, not KWIs. We just spoke about that.
1: Because they do have the power to fire and performance planning and all the rest of it. But going back to the public sector one, I've, I think the, the, the biggest challenge or the biggest opportunity they have to find the chasm and drive accountability at the fear of consequence would be around the tribe. Yeah. So it's like, if you, this is what we're all committing to. And if, if you're not going to, you know, be responsible for your piece of the pie, mm. then you answer to the tribe, as in the team, the yeah. group. Yeah. And that can be very exposing for people. They don't want to be cast Mm. out of the tribe and they don't want to let people down, or generally humans don't. So where the accountability piece is not just coming from the manager, it comes from the group. So that crowd contagion theory kicks in. Mm. That's what the best public sector teams do. They're accountable to each other. The consequence is letting each other down, not getting fired. Mm. Sometimes in the right teams, when the leader's got most of or the majority of people on side, that can be a really effective tool. For them to use in the private sector, you've got m- many more tools in your arsenal. I mean, oh, yeah. you can. There can be a consequence to not oh, doing yeah. what I'm asking you to do. That can be yeah. a job. It can be.
0: Yeah, of course you it know. is, and it's definitely in. It in shouldn't the be the cases.
1: sole. No, like it shouldn't be the sole reason or the consequence, but it can. It it it's something you can progress towards if this repetitive behavior continues.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And that's a powerful tool.
0: It is. Know. And, you know, we shouldn't really, in theory, have to get there if we're having good conversations and we're holding people accountable all we the time. We shouldn't, but we However, should
1: always be unapologetic around going there if we need to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes we? we need shocking out of a situation, don't sometimes we? Sometimes
1: people don't change, T. No. Sometimes people are, as much as you're finding that supportive, assertive style, as much as you have been firm mm-hmm. and fair, as much as you they, they just cannot get themselves in a mindset that will follow you into that chasm. And if they can't, then a strength of a leader is someone who will deal with that and not apologize for it. As much as we'd like to think that all humans are worth developing, all people come around in the end Mm. with the right support and with the right environment, people can flourish. And we generally believe that, Mm. but not in every case.
0: No, and sometimes it's actually a duty of care to that individual because, you know, in the situation of like, high-performing teams and, you know, innovative environments. Some people like the idea of working there, but the reality isn't for them. And they can openly admit that it's just too much. And actually the right thing to do in both cases is to have that person, you know, make a decision to move somewhere else or try a different role. It's not always about, you know, you don't fit our expectations. It's what's right for that person as well, isn't it?
1: It is. All right. With, um, six or seven minutes left let's just go into the final piece which is some of the questions you can ask yourself as a leader if you need to dial it up or dial it Mm -hmm. down remembering that what we're saying here is there's two general sides supportive leader assertive leader and the chasm is where we straddle the two and we get the fine blend yeah of saying you have my support we're in this together but we have expectations accountability and results to achieve so if you're more on the supportive side or you feel you're not getting that traction on the commitment and accountability in the outcomes, a couple of questions you've got to ask yourself to find out the answers to how I get in the chasm. Okay. I'd say number one is, are we delivering optimal results? You can only answer that question if you've defined what those results are and the outcome. Yeah, is. what does good look like? Yeah. Nine times when I ask leaders that question in a one-to-one, it's very hard to answer because there's no definition of what that result is
0: no unless it's tied to a kpi somewhere
1: or a vision or a goal yeah. or and yeah. does everyone
0: understand that as well
1: and have you have you yeah. actually been clear on that yeah, yeah. so are we delivering optimal results against okay. the, the the required outcome number 2 are we focusing on the right priorities
0: okay.
1: sometimes we can be busy fools we can have too many too much stuff going on our mm. effectiveness is diluted so actually i'm not getting the accountability and the results i need but it's not their fault because yes. we're not prior, I'm not prioritizing and giving them a fighting chance. Yeah. Number three, I put, are we using our time wisely? Mm. Ties into two. Where are we spending our time? Listen, this is a... We've got but, to
0: give clarity and direction, haven't we?
1: But are people being lazy?
0: Yeah, complacent as so, well. So when yeah. I look
1: at time, I look at, are people... I'm not expecting people to work their fingers to the bone every mm. second of every day. But over a course of a day and a week, are we putting in the significant contribution required to drive this? Because if not, we've got we've got a we've got a work ethic issue.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And that sometimes can be a problem.
0: Mm.
1: Number four: Do we have urgency to act? Is there uh, timeframes? Is there deadlines, milestones incoming, mm. or are we just coasting? And that's why I'm not getting the outcomes. Mm. About you know have I defined those milestones and those timeframes?
0: Sometimes we assume we've communicated as well, because we're having regular contact. But actually, we then realise if we go question our people, they still don't actually understand us. So don't assume you've communicated just because you've spoken to someone, you still have to be clear about it, don't you?
1: Well, there's an old saying, isn't there, in everything we do, it doesn't matter what the problem is, communication is the answer.
0: Absolutely. And it it
1: could be the case here. So if you're on that supportive side, and you need to dial it up a little bit, I need to dial up the urgency, get in that chasm. Just ask yourself those four questions. If the answer's within there, it'll give you some ideas to address that with the team and just that. Because if you can set the expectations around the results, the timeframes, the yeah. priorities, and why the urgency to act is, you don't have to do anything else than that. That's enough to get people in the chasm sometimes.
0: You no, know, the supportiveness will actually get them there because yeah. you'll go. Right, we're going to do it now. So here's the plan. Yeah, exactly. What do you need? Yeah.
1: So dialing it up can be ans- can, can can be easy if you answer those questions and give them some clarity on that and the yeah. why. Yeah. They will come with you if you've got that supportive side nailed. Dialing down from assertive, couple of questions: Are people um, communicating and open? If people have retracted okay. within themselves, the maybe the answer is is that. I'm overly being assertive here, and I'm not engaging people.
0: Yeah, they're just kind of doing what they're told and not. Com- yeah, got yeah, okay.
1: And I'm just gonna nail these three because we've got a couple of minutes left. Number two, are we falling into groupthink, presenteeism? Yeah. Um, are people just stopping contributing because they don't yeah. think that they've got a voice and what I say goes? So there's no point in giving up.
0: Yeah, loudest voice wins. And, yeah. and at
1: the time of being the assertive leader, you will have the loudest voice. And, and it's
0: I won't I won't argue because it'll just hold things up sometimes. Yeah, I'll as just, well, right I'll just I'll just concede. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Number three, are there signs of toxicity or negativity rumbling within the team? Ooh, yeah. Chinese whispers, people talking to people. Yeah. Big sign that, you, you know, you're not on the supportive side at all. Yeah. And finally, do we have hearts and minds? Have I lost the hearts and minds or do I still have them?
0: You can feel it, can't you? It's a feeling. Yeah. I know it
1: sounds fluffy, but you just, it's, you sense it, don't you?
0: Yeah, you, you could ask it. I think if you, the answer to that is that even when the chips are down, when you are communicating are people still open to you know your input you change and are they going right what's next or are they sort of still head down not communicating and actually waiting for instructions out. i'll do yeah. what you tell
1: me to do rather than me proactively contribute yeah, yeah and feel passionate about this and yeah. contribute to the endeavor so with a minute left t <laughs> the chasm of supportive assertive leadership is still ongoing in terms of the work we're pushing out there but this dialing up and dialing down is something to think about Great leaders are aware of which side of the chasm they're on at any one time, yeah. and they can either dial up into the chasm from mm-hmm. supportive, or if they have been overly assertive, they can dial it down a little bit and engage their people. Yeah. If you balance, you have my support and we're in this together, but we're here to do a job, that's where high-performing teams really flourish and where high performance happens in leadership. Yeah. Overly assertive, you're going to drive outcomes, but lose your people. Overly supportive, you're going to engage your people, but you're going to lose your performance. Yeah. Find the chasm. By dialing mm. it up or dialing it down. Mm. Any final words to you with 30 seconds.
0: I just think the only person that can make those decisions are you. You've got to you've got to look at yourself, look at what feels right for you, what feels authentic, and what the truth is. And sometimes yeah. the psychometric testing is the only way you can really look yeah. at that in depth and make a difference.
1: Yeah, being authentic is key. Don't yeah. con- don't fool yourself that you're being fair if you be- if you're not. Yeah. And don't fool yourself that you're being assertive if you're not.
0: Mm. Definitely. be honest.
1: And then you can take the step into the chasm mm. by dialing it up or dialing it down. Mm. See, loved that. Um, As always. We'll come back and do another one on that. But that's it for now. And we'll be back shortly with another T2 Hubcast.
2: Introducing the T2 Leadership Retreat 2023 the ultimate leadership development experience from the People Performance People. Join us at the prestigious Grove Resort in Hertfordshire for our annual leadership retreat where you will be joined by other senior industry leaders in this immersive three-day experience. The T2 leadership retreat will include a three-night all-inclusive stay at the five-star Grove Resort, multiple leadership tasks, sessions, and challenges, an in-depth personal leadership 360 report, an exciting off-site activity at a nearby location, as well as access to psychometric profiling and self-awareness tools. The retreat will be facilitated by experienced professionals from the world of business, the military and professional sport, and will feature high-profile guest speakers Dave Brailsford, Director of Sport for INEOS, and former New Zealand Rugby Union captain Sean Fitzpatrick. To book your place on the ultimate leadership experience of the year or for more information please contact help at trans2performance.com
1: are you a fan of our podcast if so make sure you're following us on all of our social media channels you can find us on TikTok, instagram youtube facebook linkedin and twitter by searching trans2 performance by following us you'll have access to exclusive content special announcements and more join the t2 community today